You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam, and on today's episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam, we are speaking with Grammy-nominated singer Ty Hernan. Herndon. 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 Yes. Yes. Say Henderson, whatever you want. It's, over the years, people have have struggled. Henderson, uh, I've been called everything from Herndon to wonderful, so hey. <laughs> well, I can already tell how wonderful you are. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, just, I just patted myself on the back, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ty's two-decade career has earned him a Grammy nomination, 20 Billboard-charted singles, and over 5 million albums sold. Isn't that crazy, man? I still feel like I just got in this business yesterday. <laughs> so I'm doing it more often. Uh, often my authenticity is, is of, of course, since I came out in 2014, uh, I'm just doing it with a much more wide-open heart. That's actually, we're going to get to talk about that because that's definitely one of my questions. (laughs) Um, Well, let's start at the beginning. First of all, who or what inspired you to become a singer-songwriter? I grew up in an amazing family of singers. I always say this. I I think probably five or six people in my family could have done what I'm doing and done it a lot better. Just amazing singers. I grew up uh, in a gospel, bluegrass country. Uh, Very, actually, quite surprisingly, very affirming family. My great great grandfather was one of the the, the the stops on the Underground Railroad, oh, wow. which is a whole other story. It's in my book. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, wow. I, I I kind of was born into this business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm a little country boy from Alabama, so the whole gay thing didn't necessarily uh, fit in my bones. Mm. It, it was um, it was a, 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 I always I always say this, and I, and and please. Love me, people, when I say this, okay. I, I really didn't want to be gay. Mm-hmm. It didn't fit with my lifestyle. It didn't fit with any any of my surroundings. Mm-hmm. And as I'm going out there talking to kids today, I, kids today, I, I hear that same thing. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the main goal is to, uh, when you're sitting down talking with a 10-year-old or a 14-year-old or a 17-year-old that has tried to take their lives, um, I'm, I'm going I'm to get deep here for a minute. Yeah. Um, um, I've been there. And looking at those kids and telling them they're they're just made perfectly the way they are, and they can be greatly successful in this life. It's it's my journey now. It's part of my story. That's wonderful to tell them. And it, isn't it incredible though how you can go from that very dark place to really celebrating who you are when you when you do grow into that comfort of it. It's the the amazing part is is seeing the light come on. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're sitting talking to a kid and they go, "You mean I can come to Nashville and be a country star?" I'm like. You work hard. You can. You just need to be the best that you can be. If you want to be a songwriter, then be the best songwriter you can be. If you want to be an artist or a singer, be the best singer you can be. And this is really the missing piece of the puzzle. Be the best business person you can be. I have a music business degree from Belmont University, and my dad made me get... And I am grateful for that. But I also have a minor in child psychology <laughs> that my band hates me for. <laughs> Are you always analyzing them? Actually, <clears throat> actually, no. I feel like they're always analyzing me. <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. Well, speaking of coming out, um, when when did you realize that you were gay? And because um, you did come out career wise, 2014. But but how long before that did you, were you aware? And did you want to come out before then? Kind of what and what made that time the right time to come out? If you would have seen my reaction right now, I actually I actually giggled and put my hands over my eyes. Um. I knew that I was gay after after working with all these kids that I've been doing the last five years. I knew that I was gay. I've, I've traced it back to a moment when I was ten years old that I knew, and um, and I and in that instant I felt shame. And that's the one thing I want to change with these kids. There's no there's no need for shame. You're you're made perfectly the way you are. Um, your DNA was designed, yeah. and it's a beautiful design. Um, but I knew it was, I was. I realized now that I knew I was gay early on. But in that moment, as a ten-year-old, I started fighting it mm. because my surroundings didn't fit necessarily my, you know, my uh, my hunting, fishing, um, <laughs> a bluegrass gospel singing family. So I didn't want to bring them any shame. So that was embedded really early. And I do a lot of wellness stuff now. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we are traced back to our earliest memory of who we should be and who we really are. Mm-hmm. And that's getting really deep. So um, for me, I'll just make it really because I because I'm, I'm kind of a simpleton. <laughs> I'll make it really simple for me. I knew and that I could control um, my future. Mm-hmm. But what I found out was that I was really bad at it. And you cannot control your future when you're when you're living a lie. So the imprint that I hope to make on these kids' lives today is that they start out authentic because it's so important because there's no there's no limit and there's no boundary to what they can do if they're living their most authentic lives and do it with grace, love, dignity and a and a and a and a heart. I'm a I'm a God guy. Mm -hmm. So my spirituality is around that because I grew up with it, but it can be a tree. (laughs) doesn't matter just to something that's bigger than you that you that you want to put your energies and love into and so that's kind of what I teach today that's wonderful and it's great to have that instilled so young you just released your latest album got it covered yes. uh, which features some of your favorite hits and covers reimagined including a new version of your debut single what mattered most yes. as well as Carrie Underwood so small uh, Mark Cohen's walking in Memphis which is one of my favorite uh, and Bonnie Raitt's I can't make you love me yes. So my first question is, what made now the right time to release this kind of album with songs that share the pronouns you feel in your heart? Well, I knew that would be a heavy subject. Mm-hmm. You and I both know that. Yeah. So I also wanted to make a really fun album mm-hmm. that people could relate to. Mm-hmm. The uh, The pronoun change was the 25th birthday for this song with the blessings of the songwriters. I really wanted to uh, send a message out to all those kids that we've been talking about since the beginning of this interview that it's okay to sing about who you love, period. And I can't preach that unless I teach that. (laughs) So doing that was a birthday present not only to the song but to myself for 25 years in this business. That's wonderful. It was an imprint that that will be forever in my heart. Well, one of the other songs on the album is called So Small. And for the video, you just teamed up with the Rainbow Squad, which is uh, a Nashville-based tween LGBTQ plus group that provides a safe space and community resources for the LGBTQ kids. So how did you come to partner with them for this song? First of all, I'd like to say 
we're constantly learning in this life. Yeah. And those kids schooled me um, because I, I wasn't adding the plus to it. You know, I, I'm out there in this world and I'm also doing my country thing as well. And one of the kids pulled me aside and said, you can't just say LGBTQ anymore. You got to add the plus because some of us here are plus. So I sat down and had, and this is their story to tell, but I sat down and had a really lovely educated conversation with a 10 year old and I learned something. Why are you making me cry today? <laughs> because you know what? I have yet to really fully make somebody cry in one of my interviews. So I'm congratulations. Oh my God. So I'm just so emotional about these kids. They are, um, they're, they're beautiful and perfect. And I wish that I would have had someone tell me at that age that I was going to be okay. Yeah. It would have, it would have saved me um, a lot of heartbreak, but I also realized this from my Indian, my American Indian grandmother, that that wasn't my journey. Right. My journey tells the story that I need to tell to a new generation. Mm -hmm. And so that made me really appreciate where I'm at today. Yeah. I don't look back with regret at all. I look back that I'm, I'm very, very happy that I'm alive and able to tell my story through music and words. Yeah. And they're lucky to have someone like you to, to give them advice and guide them and teach them what it was like. Here's what I'm learning right now. It's quite simple. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna splice that out and and just keep that as like anytime I need affirmation of something, I'm gonna have Ty saying thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. So how do you feel this song so small will help others? Wow. Well, it helped me. Um. I had uh, I moved back. I just actually gotten sober and I moved back um to Nashville. Uh, to do a, a wonderful rehab facility called Cumberland Heights, uh, 17 years now. That was 2007? Yeah, right around there. I'm bad with dates. But I know that Carrie's song came out in 2007, and I had signed up for a... I paid my $1,000, which I had borrowed at the time, and paid back, by the way, <laughs> with interest. Um, I, did not, um, I did not take the class that day. It was a Saturday morning. I was sitting in my truck, and I was feeling really lost. I thought that um, stinking thinking. I thought that I had uh, been heard and that was all there is to it and that I should do something else at this point. My music had made an imprint. I'm so proud of it, but I didn't feel like the, uh, the seriousness of the message and song that I wanted to put out there would be able to heard, to be, to be heard. And uh, I heard I heard, uh, oddly enough, I've gotten to meet Carrie a few times, um, and she's a wonderful person. We share a really good mutual friend, and I uh, kind of got to tell her that story, and she recently did a tweet after the video and the song came out, which was totally unexpected. I love her, but, you know, she just said, we do music because we want people to hear it, and we want it to matter, but when another artist it impacts his life so much that he wants to sing it also that it means so much to the songwriter. And, um, and, um, because I'll be quite honest with you, I didn't even send it to her. I was, just, uh, I was like, I don't know if I wanted to hear this, <laughs> but little, she did hear, I was a little nervous yeah. about it. It's the same with Bonnie Raitt. I mean, those are, they're, they're great singers. And, um, and I've heard from both of those ladies and they, they love what I did with the music. And that means a lot to me. But that particular song made me not take that real estate course that day. And so what I what I put out there in the world about music really mattering came back and smacked me in the face mm -hmm. because a single song told me. 
yes, people want to hear what you have to sing about today. And so that was imprinted on my brain and on my heart, and I've been doing it live. So I, um, I just recorded it, and I, I, I feel like we did a beautiful recording of it. But the song I'm most stressed out about was the Bonnie Raitt song, mm-hmm. I Can't Make You Love Me. Everybody has been in their car, sitting at home, on their couch, been through a breakup, and that just wasn't your person. Yeah. And it just breaks your heart. And that is that is embodied so much in that song, but with kindness. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I've always, I mean, I went, I, my 14-year relationship with a man, I had my record deal. I was in the height of hiding in, in the closet in so much pain and I lost that relationship and that song came out at that time and so I'm driving to San Angelo Texas for a gig and I pulled my truck over and um, I just I, I'd probably sit there and cried for an hour because of that song and I just heard it on the radio it was yeah. the first time I heard it it wasn't like I had it on a CD I heard it for the first time and it broke me and it broke me so that it rebuilt me and I love that. And that's why I wanted to record it. The new 2023 Ford Escape is the perfect getaway car. Featuring an available 13.1-inch center stack screen, 360-degree camera, and Bang & Olufsen sound system and spatial flexibility for extra legroom. The new 2023 Ford Escape. Learn more at Ford.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place. Another song on the album, which we briefly touched on already, is a reimagined version of your debut single, What Mattered Most. So in this version, you have changed the pronouns from the original she to he. So what is it like to finally be able to release this song as you had originally wanted to? That's a big question. Um, Wow. Um, You know, I was in this. I remember very vividly the day I recorded this song because uh, we were so happy to get it. Uh, Gary Bird, Vince Mallow made huge writers at the time, and they didn't really want to give me the song. I feel quite sure about that because he and I have had that conversation. They wanted a George Strait. They wanted an Alan Jackson. Um, but my producers fought for it, and we recorded it. And I remember vividly standing in the studio. I think this. I think it. Uh, forgive me on my math on this. It's been a while, but I think it says the word her or she something close to 20 times in the album and I mean I was in love with a man and I'd been with him for a long time he'd been with me through trying to get this record deal and trying to make this happen and and having a fake marriage just all the all the loops 
the painful loops that I was jumping through to have a career in country music. And, um, you know, that unfortunately we're great friends today and we were able to talk about that, which is a huge blessing. Um, but I remember clearly standing in the studio and singing this song and thinking about him and, but knowing that the world wasn't ready to hear him, I knew where I was and I sang her with all my heart. And it became a three-week number one for me on Billboard, and it was my launch. We are going to go back to 1995 for a minute when you released What Mattered Most. What was the moment like when you first heard it on the radio? I love this story. Oh, I'm so happy you asked that question. Being on these streets today, I remember a time when this record came out, and I had been, they put me out on the road. I was working. I didn't even know. I knew we were in the top 20. Had no idea. You know, just boom, 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 work, work, work. Um, I got off the tour bus. I was driving down Music Row on a Sunday morning when Bob Kingsley's Countdown. And I thought I missed the whole countdown. And I remember, um, um, I I, I believe it was Reba. They said, this is the number two song, Reba. Uh, Whenever in New England, I think, was the song. You'd think I would know. But, um, and I listened to the song. He goes, "And, and this week, our number one position on billboard is Ty Herndon's what mattered most. That's how I found out that I had it because most of the record labels didn't really know until the following Monday, but Bob's counting that always came out a little early. Um, I pulled my truck over my black F one fifty pickup. I pulled it over on music row. I cranked it up so loud. I had some good speakers, (laughs) cranked it up so loud. I stood on the hood of my pickup truck and sang the song at the top of my lungs. I'll never forget that moment. It was it was such for this little gay kid from from rural Alabama that grew up on a pig farm, y'all. Um, that m- very well, other than the last five years of my life, was the greatest moment of my life. We're gonna move forward to 2014 when you became the first major male country singer to come out as gay. Um, what made that moment in 2014 the moment to share with the world who you truly are? Wow, I had just I got a, I won a Dove Award, and I just I had a, a Grammy nomination for a um, for an for an album that was after the real estate class after Carrie Underwood that I wrote this album, and that was it. Um, and that would that was that nomination uh, happened a few years prior to that, but um, I was miserable, man. I was I was happy. I was sober. I was in love. Um, with Matthew, Mike, we just celebrated 10 years. Thank you very much. He's stood. <laughs> He's just, and, that, and I'm talking about his heart. He looks good too. <laughs> um, but I was sitting on the couch and Matt said, you know, what's wrong with you? And I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I, I can't walk out there on stage anymore. I don't even want to do music anymore unless I can do it authentically. And, um, uh, um, I called Shelly Wright that day. I called her because her, she was out. She went through a really tough time in Nashville coming out. Uh, she had this incredible book. She was my friend. Uh, we were friends, uh, I, gosh, from the beginning of our careers. We both worked at Opryland. We were, th- we were theme park babies. She was Minnie Pearl, and I was Hank Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I called her. I said, I, I got to do this. And so we started. It was... Um, it was Really, the conversations went on about 18 months, and um, 
I had to get myself in a place that I knew that I could go right back to that real estate class. I didn't have to do this anymore. I didn't have to do music. It was it had been a gift to me, but I could do other things in this life. So I had to let that go. And when I let it go, then I knew that I could let the world know that, um, hey, this is my story. It's, it's, an, it's not an easy one to hear. And uh, so on that morning, 2014, I was here in New York City. I sat down uh, with Entertainment Tonight um, and um, people all one day. <laughs> and uh, uh, then I went home. I went home and we were living in Kansas City at the time. That's where Matt's from. Um, and I was only doing about 50 shows a year, five zero. And I, my phone started blowing up at midnight on the, uh, on the one minute after the 14th hit. And by noon the next day, um, I had to turn my phone off. I had to turn it off because I, I couldn't, um, I was emotional I didn't want to read anything. I just, the news was out. And um, I asked my social media team, I said, for all the negative stuff, don't you dare delete anything. Keep them all because I will answer them all. It took me two years to answer the negative. And it took me uh, up to the day I'm, I'm, I'm still commenting on the positive. I had um, close to 100,000 messages. You answered each and every one. I didn't say I was done yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bring this back to to your to your album, Got It Covered. Yeah. Um, and I want to play with some of the song titles. Okay. So one of the songs which I enjoy is I Want My Goodbye Back. Yeah. Uh, so who is someone you wish you could get your goodbye back from? Oh, that one's an easy one. I mean, I'm, I'm such great friends with them. But my ex, uh, my, uh, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll save his anonymity, but... Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to be uh, boyfriends with a, uh, a cowboy hat, boot-wearing attorney that goes to court that way? Like, come on, man, you know. Just, uh, anyhow, you know who you are if you hear this, and I'm sure you will. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then, uh, of course, we're going to use your your single, What Mattered Most. So what is something that mattered most to you early in your career that you now realize was really considered sweating the small stuff? People's opinions. Yeah, I, I, I value what my music does in a positive way. But if, it defa- if, 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 if it's affecting you in a negative way, then please go away. Because I don't, I don't have time for that. And lastly, probably my all-time favorite song is Walking in Memphis. Hey, so if yes. <laughs> yes. Have you heard Cher's version of uh, it? Of course I have. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my joke about that is that Cher made Mark Cohen $2 million, and I'm probably going to make her about $2. <laughs> I love that. Well, if you could go walking in Memphis with any celebrity, who would you choose? Oh, wow. Well, number one, I'd have to say this because he's the writer, and I'm a huge fan of that whole album, Mark Cohen. I, one day I hope to sing it sing it with him. I would have to say, gosh, if I was going to do Mark walking, with, walking in Memphis, walking in Memphis, it would be uh, – Hey, let's get Cher, Mark Cohen, and I together. We'll do a trio. Oh my God, that has to happen. That ha- there has to be a re-record. We're, we're putting it out in the universe. Yes, we, are. <laughs> we are. And and when this gets tweeted, Cher's very active on Twitter. So. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Then she needs to get one of her very famous DJs to take all three of those versions now and just 
and just mesh them into one. Yeah. yeah. That would be incredible. So now, who are some singers that you still hope to get to work with? Well, I was just saying this the other day, and you know, you know I've known Leanne Rhymes since, since she was 12. Um, we uh, we toured together a little bit, and she's still a great friend. So she and I have yet to do anything together. Shelly Wright and I have yet to do anything together, and I, I really want to do something with both those ladies. Um, and then probably uh, I'm going to put it out there in the universe. If, if I don't sing with Bonnie Raitt before I leave this earth, then I'm, gosh, I, I guess I hope I get to do it in the next life. <laughs> we are actually getting to the end of the interview. So I always end my interviews with uh, playing off of the title of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. So if you were to bear it all, what is something you would reveal that you have not told in a previous interview? Wow. Um, I'm such an open book these days, and I've got a book coming. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna reveal this to you. I sew. I love it. <laughs> I do. I My grandma taught me. I have, a, I have her sewing machine, and I, I tailor all my sleeves and shirts and um and, and stuff to my fluctuating weight in this business <laughs> well that's actually everything um thank you so much for your time absolutely and i know everybody listening is going to get your new album got it covered and when does your book come out books middle of next year okay. but i want to say this to the to the to listeners out there um you know it's so important to encourage people to actually still download music so you can do the Apple thing, which is great, and the Spotify. Our Spotify listeners tells us where uh, we we tour. We choose our tour season by our Spotify listeners. So that's a really important thing as well. But um, there's a rumor out there that you can't still download a whole album on on uh, iTunes, and that's not true. You can. You can, you can. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So you can. They they want you to join the Apple Music. You can do that. It's ten dollars a month, but still go get that album because that body of work is important. And I. I downloaded 10 albums in the last month. Yeah. So, and Casey Musgraves being one of oh, my favorites. That's great. Yeah, that's, that new album is incredible. And I can't wait for the Kelsey Ballerini because I hear there's a lot of great songs on that. Awesome. Well, everyone, go down, go download Tide's music. Yes. G D T M. Go download Tide's. Yes. G D T M. Yes. 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 I love it. I love it. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, lives for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit callmeadam.com and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at callmeadamnyc. Do more of what you love in 2023. Meetup is the place where passions meet friendships. With communities for every interest, you're bound to find new friends. There are thousands of Meetup events happening every day. Download the Meetup app and join in.